Hello, Royals, and welcome back to This Day in History. I'm your host, Therese Shimkus. So for today's and Thursday's episode, we are going to be doing something very different, as we are going to be talking about the history behind the film On the Waterfront. If this seems random, just a quick explanation. I had to give a 20-minute presentation on this film this last Monday, and while writing my notes, I realized that the presentation would be great content for the show. Now that you know what this is all about, let's get into the film. So one way to look at film is as a primary source about the era in which it was made, and then try to discern the historical message that is inevitably contained in it. In the case of On the Waterfront, the historical context surrounding the film actually had a very clear and direct influence on the content of the film, which we will be getting into. Looking at context first, there are two major themes on that front that I'm going to be stressing throughout today and Thursday, because they relate heavily to the content of the film. The first one is the House on American Activities Committee, or HUAC as I'll be calling it. Several people who participated in the making of On the Waterfront either provided names of suspected communist HUAC, or alternatively, were outraged at those who had cooperated with the Congressional Committee. This theme will be coming up again and again, so I just wanted to establish that from the outset. The second theme that I will be advancing extensively is that of actual corruption within unions and on waterfronts. As I will be talking about in a minute, the story of the film is based in fact, and one of the film's principal characters is heavily based on a real-life figure who actually participated in the making of the film. Not to get too ahead of myself, let's talk about some of the principal figures who cooperated with Huac and what that meant for them in the context of On the Waterfront. The first figure I want to touch upon is the film's director, Ilya Kazan. So in 1952, Kazan gave testimony to Huac regarding communist infiltration in American show business. This was a deeply unpopular move, and Kazan ended up defending his actions in the New York Times at the urging of his wife, Molly. As we will get into later, many people who were involved in the making of On the Waterfront were angered with Kazan over this, and others simply refused to work on the project. The second person who cooperated with Huac that worked on the On the Waterfront was the writer Bud Schulberg, who admitted to his own prior Communist Party membership and then went on to name many other screenwriters as communists. Schulberg's testimony came at an interesting time during the making of the film, as he provided testimony to Huac shortly after sending off his script, the central message of which concerned the morality of speaking up against corruption. This factor, coupled with Kazan's cooperation with Huac, have led many to conclude that On the Waterfront was simply a cinematic way for these men to defend their actions, but we will examine that claim more closely later. The third figure I want to mention who cooperated with Huac was the actor Lee J. Cobb, who plays the corrupt union leader in the film, Johnny Friendly. Unlike Kazan, Cobb was deeply conflicted about the fact that he had provided testimony to Huac, and he was skeptical that someone like Kazan could have had principled reasons for doing so. There has been some speculation that Kazan gave the role of Johnny Friendly to Cobb as a gesture from one Huac witness to another, but there is a more likely reason for that casting choice, which I will get into later. Now let's talk about the true story of On the Waterfront. So in 1949, a reporter named Malcolm Johnson wrote a 24-article series entitled Crime on the Waterfront. These articles concerned Joe Ryan's International Longshoremen's Association, or ILA, which was infamous for its ties to a mobster named Albert Anastasia. The next year, Johnson published another series of articles, this time about the forces at work trying to stop the stranglehold Ryan and Anastasia had on the Hudson River Piers. The force that was arguably the loudest and most important in this fight was a Jesuit priest, Father John or Pete Corridan. Father Corridan ends up being tremendously important to this story, so he is worth taking a brief look at. After joining the priesthood, Father Corridan joined the St. Francis Xavier Labor School, which was near the West Side Piers of Manhattan. There, he instructed workers on how Christian principles could be applied to labor management relations. Learning more about gangsterism and the working conditions on the docks, he became something of a crusader for honest trade unionism. He gathered information about the corrupt system that had governed waterfront life, which he gave to Johnson to use in his reporting. If any of you have seen the film, you might think that Father Corridan sounds a bit familiar. If so, you would be right 
as the character of Father Barry was directly modeled after Father Corridan. In fact, a section from a famous sermon delivered by Father Corridan made its way into the film to be spoken by Father Barry at the insistence of Schulberg. Father Corridan will come up again later because he ended up being very influential in the making of this film, but I do want to mention that, rather ironically given the film he inspired, Father Corridan was eventually given a position teaching economics at Lemoyne because his superior thought that he was being too vocal on the issue of corruption on the waterfronts and in unions. But anyway, moving on from that to issues surrounding casting. Obviously, a lot happened between Johnson authoring the original articles and the film becoming a reality. All you need to know for our purposes now is that the project had been rejected by Columbia Pictures several times, but was ultimately taken on thanks to the influence of producer Sam Spiegel, whom Kazan and Schulberg had befriended. For the film's leading role of the ultimately outspoken longshoreman, Terry Malloy, it was agreed that Marlon Brando would be the perfect fit. The trouble was, Brando was very unhappy with the idea of working with Kazan because, as you probably guessed, he opposed Kazan's cooperation with Huac. As he later said in his autobiography, in those days, stepping off the sidewalk with your left foot first was grounds for suspicion that you were a member of the Communist Party. Since Brando seemed unlikely to accept, Spiegel turned around and offered the part to Frank Sinatra, who gladly accepted. However, the creators still wanted Brando in the part, and fortunately for them, he was convinced to take it by a psychiatrist, though he never failed to remind Kazan that one of the main reasons he took the project was to be near the New York-based professional. Sinatra was obviously very angered by the broken commitment, and demanded that he be given the part of Father Barry instead, but that part had already been promised to Carl Mulden, so Sinatra had to settle with a painting from Spiegel's collection. With the addition of Ava Marie Saint as Edie Doyle, and Lee J. Cobb as a corrupt union boss Johnny Friendly, the cast was complete. As you may have already noticed, Brando would also have to work with another Huac witness in Lee J. Cobb. Some have speculated that the decision to cast Cobb in the role was a favor from one Huac witness to another, but what is more likely is that Kazan designed the cast to actually reflect the tensions between the fictional characters. So, this decision to cast Brando, who disdained Huac witnesses, and Cobb, a reluctant Huac witness, opposite each other, was likely in part orchestrated by Kazan in order to naturally add to the tension between those two bitterly opposed characters. However, there is another dimension to this casting decision that is worth looking at. Brando's character, Terry Malloy, speaks up against injustice and is portrayed as being in the moral right to do so, but the real Marlon Brando was angered at those who cooperated with Huac, an action which is arguably like that which makes his character and on the waterfront so compelling. On the other hand, Cobb's character, Johnny Friendly, is hiding corruption and goes after Malloy for exposing him, while Lee J. Cobb actually cooperated with Huac. The fact that these two real-life opposing figures were required in the film to once again play opposing figures, with each as the opposite of himself, shows really the talent of these great actors and adds another dimension to the film. So now that you have seen the role that the Huac drama played in the casting process, we'll pick it up on Thursday with the role that the real-life waterfront corruption played in the actual shooting of the film. Thank you as always for listening, Rails. Make sure to come back here for the rest of the story on Thursday. See you then.